From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, we are excited to join you today. This is Dr. Shelton Smith, and our program is Making a Difference. We're thankful for the privilege to be with you, and I thank you for joining me today. Yesterday, I began a series of messages talking about what we are once we become a Christian. And today, I want you to know this is a study of things based in the Bible telling us about really what we become once we come to Christ. Yesterday, we looked at the term kings. The Bible says we become kings in God's sight whenever that we are saved. The same verse that I quoted yesterday, we're going to look at again today, in Revelation chapter number 1, verses 5 and 6, we learn something else that is also very pertinent to who we are, and a very powerful truth that I think we need to really get hold of. Verses number 5 and 6 of Revelation chapter 1, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. Look carefully at verse number six, where it says, and hath made us kings and priests. Now, this does not mean that in some way we just decided to become a king or we decided to become a priest. The fact is, this verse says very clearly that the Lord God made us kings and made us priests. When we are created anew in Christ Jesus, when we come to him and trust him as Savior, the Bible here clearly tells us that we attain some privileges with the Father that are thusly described as being kings and priests. Now, in our world, we're familiar with the term priest. It's found in a lot of pagan religions, and a lot of really weird, strange things goes on in that regard. Christian circles, there are some denominational groups that have a class of clergy that they call priest. Now, let me just simply say, whether in some secular sense or in some religious sense, whether in pagan terms or in so-called Christian terms, there is nothing scriptural about this order of priests in the New Testament era. There is nothing legitimate about that. It is not the way that things are supposed to be done according to the Bible. And yet verse number 6 tells us very clearly that we are made priests unto God. Now, that's not talking about people like me who have spent their lifetime preaching the gospel and who claim to be a preacher or called of God. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about the person who is the pastor or whatever. This is talking about every single blood-bought believer. And I say blood-bought because you'll notice this verse here, verse number five, says that we have been washed from our sins, not in water, but in his own blood. He has purged us from our sins by the purchase price of his blood. So verse number six tells us clearly that all of us who are saved have the status of a priest with God the Father. Kings and priests in this verse are clearly 
and closely tied together. This is a big deal, folks. I mean, it is a really big deal when you consider the privileges and the position that you have with heaven. I mean, the position that you have as a result of you being saved and the privilege that you have because you are a child of God and you have a heavenly Father who entitled you, as these verses describe, first as kings and then as priests. So let's see what this big deal really means. In the Old Testament era, there were priests in the religion of the Jews who served in the temple, and they were a sort of clergy. They assisted with the sacrifices, and they helped the people in their atonement obligations every year as the people came in to sacrifice before the Lord. Christ put an end to all of that sacrificial system. He became the perfect sacrifice. He sacrificed himself the book of Hebrews says, once for all, to become our great high priest, to become our Savior, and to become for us what we need, because everything we could possibly produce as a gift or a sacrifice or some kind of present that we would make unto the Lord, none of that lasts. None of that is forever. None of that does the job as it needs to be done. And the Lord Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, the perfect Son of God, came and made the perfect sacrifice to provide for us a perfect salvation. That is the job that the Lord Jesus has done on our behalf. When you get to the book of Hebrews, there's a lot said about this matter of him becoming our great high priest. I'm going to look particularly in chapters 7, 8, and 9 of the book of Hebrews. Chapter 7 talks about Melchizedek, who was an Old Testament priest. It talks about the Levitical priesthood, the priesthood of Aaron. All of that is the Old Testament background. But the Bible then says in chapter 7, verse 24, but this man, talking about Jesus, because he continueth ever hath an unchangeable priesthood. In other words, this means because Jesus, being who he is, being the deity that he is, he therefore, verse 25 says, is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us. And this high priest, verse 26 says, is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. And he needs not daily, verse 27 says, as those high priests of the Old Testament, he needs not daily to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. You get into verse number 1 of chapter 8, and it says, We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Well, who is this that has obtained what verse 6 calls a more excellent ministry and becomes the mediator of a better covenant? Who is this? Well, the Lord Jesus is the one. Verse 11 of chapter 9 says that Christ became an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, talking about the Old Testament way, verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without spot to God, 
purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. Now, I pause here to take a look at that word mediator because it's right here that you and I begin to get the picture of what we have in Christ Jesus. We have a great high priest who makes us to be a priest. And therefore, as a priest, we can come to the great high priest. He is at the right hand of the Father being our advocate. First John chapter 2 tells us that he is our advocate interceding on our behalf. So when 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says we are a royal priesthood, that word royal meaning kingly, we are a kingly priesthood. Verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 2 says we are a holy priesthood. That means the Lord has indeed made it such that we will respond to him in a way that is holy and good and godly. All of that is becoming to the person who knows the Lord and who therefore is a priest that can come directly to the Lord and thus get our sins dealt with on a regular basis as we need to have them done. You and I, by virtue of this being made a priest unto God, you and I can pray directly to the Lord without any human being standing in between us and the Lord. You and I don't need a priest because we are a priest. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and following says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So, dear friends, please take note. The Bible clearly says there's one God and there's one mediator between God and men. And that mediator is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has that position because he made the ransom for us that makes it possible for us to be saved. So because we have him as a mediator, we can come directly to God. We have access to God with no one else in between us. Now, our sins get in between us and God, and we get to clear that up because we have this priestly privilege. And we can, in fact, go directly to God anytime, anywhere, and do what we need to do to get ourselves cleaned up before the Lord. Folks, I don't think I can make too much ado about this. To say that we are kings before the Lord and priests before the Lord, that is something so really, really special. Now, when you are unsaved, the only open door that you have to the Lord is when you come to seek salvation. When you come to ask the Lord to become your Savior and you put your trust in Him, that's really the only access that you have to God the Father. But once you are saved and made a priest before the Lord, you are really in a position where you have full access. I'm telling you, full access to the throne of God. And it is there that Jesus is your advocate. It's like he's an attorney on your behalf. And he, the mediator, is right there to tell the Father and to say to the Father the things that we want to have said. So when you, as a priest before the Lord, come to him, you may bring several things. I'm going to suggest you can bring your burdens. There are things all along the way in life that you cannot handle, that I cannot handle, and they become a burden to us. The Bible tells us to cast our burdens on the Lord, and when we do, He will sustain us. You can bring your burdens to the Lord. You can also bring your heartaches. 
There are things that come to you, come to me, come to all of us that just break our heart, that just wound us emotionally. And when you have that situation, dear friend, don't run from the Lord. Don't run from your church. Don't run from the Bible, but run to the Lord and let him help you to heal up the wound of your heart and let your emotional wounds be heard before heaven's throne. I'm telling you, it will help you. You can bring your fears before the Lord, whatever anxieties that may come to your life, whatever worries that you you have. Don't live a life of anxiety and worry, but take those things to the Lord. You can bring your needs to the Lord. Whenever you say, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. I don't know how I'm going to make my car payment. I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. And on and on and on, the needs that we have in life, whatever they are, talk to the Lord about those things. Let the Lord be your helper. Uh, You have stresses in your life, things that just come to you that just bring you to a point where you're not sure where to turn next. You need wisdom. The Bible says if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. Whatever your wants are, and I think the Lord loves us enough, we can even talk to him about what we want. And if we want as we ought to, I think we'll find the Lord providing things for us. Your spiritual concerns as well, you can bring those to the Lord and talk to him about whatever you may need. I mean, if you're burdened over some habit, burdened over some sin, burdened because you're not praying enough, burdened because you're not in church like you need to be, talk to the Lord about that. If you're saved, he's your father, you're his child, you are a priest, you're entitled to come to him and talk to him. So folks, again, I don't think I can make too much ado about this. I think this is such a big deal, and it is a part of what we discover that we are because we are a Christian, because we are in Christ Jesus and saved. We are kings and we are priests. That's a part of who we are and what we are. Now, Lord willing, tomorrow on the broadcast, I'm going to go to another passage that will tell us something more about who we are and what we are. I think these things will help us. Now, let's be sure to stay in touch. I love to hear from you, so please write me a note and let me know if you have a question or if you have a comment about the broadcast or whatever. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to being right back here at this microphone again tomorrow. I trust you'll join me at this time on this station. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.